Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Welcome to the Matt Lombardo Show, part of the Stacking the Box podcast. Please welcome your host, Matt Lombardo. What's going on, everybody? Don't turn that dial. Don't change the station. Don't hit skip. You are locked and loaded. Listening to the Matt Lombardo Show, part of Fan Sided Stacking the Box Podcast Network. I am your host today, Cole Thompson. Matt Lombardo still out on vacation. By the way, if you haven't already, give him a shout out for his birthday. Just turned 35. That means life is over. It's all downhill from here. At Matt Lombardo NFL on Twitter. But while the adults are away, Cole Thompson is here to play, and today we got a lot to discuss. First off, under pressure. Who are the most quarterbacks under pressure going into 2021? There's a new report on Ben Roethlisberger's health going into the upcoming season. Five underrated rookies who are going to have big-time years that nobody is talking about. And, of course, an inside look at the Aaron Rodgers situation. Now, before any of that, make sure we're doing a couple of housekeeping rules Gotta get this out of the way. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to the podcast right here on iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Not only does it help the algorithm, it also allows us to be able to branch out. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, who you want to hear, what you want to hear about, and it'll be Matt and I's job to do everything in our power to get those guests on and to get those subject matters talked about. And if you really like this show, and let's be real, of course you do. You love Matt. I think I'm doing a pretty bang-up job myself. Make sure you leave a five-star review in Apple's podcast review system. And if you're lucky, we'll even read it out one episode thanking you for your support. We kick today's show off with, of course, the biggest news all around the NFL, the subject of Aaron Rodgers. At some point, are you just kind of bored of it? Like, honestly... I know that when we work in this industry, and more so than anyone else probably knows this, we have to come up with stories, and we have to come up with storylines that are interesting because of more than anything else, it allows us to, one, pay our bills, but number two, it keeps the reader interested. But right now, there's nothing interesting about the Aaron Rodgers situation, and I'm going to be alone when I say that. A lot of people out there are going to go, well, of course there is. What about this going on? Well, what about the front office? Cool. Every team has front office issues. Every team has an issue that they have to fix before the start of the season. Every team does. New England has been the staple of how to run an organization for 20 years. Is it going to be Cam or is it going to be Mac Jones? Do we have a number one wide receiver? Because Nikhil Harry is in it and he wants out. Kansas City. The Coupe de Gras of the NFL. The, oh, we got Patrick Mahomes and we got, of course, Brett Veach, the smartest GM alive. And we got Andy Reid, Hawaiian flying high. They don't have an offensive line. Yeah, they got good players on that offensive line. They were able to go add a guy like Creed Humphrey in the draft. And they were able to go add a guy like Orlando Brown in a trade. And they were able to go add Joe Tooney. Great. How they mesh together. I haven't seen it. And I saw a team in the Super Bowl that was outplayed, outsmarted, and because of a weak offensive line, the best player in the sport, outside of maybe Aaron Donald, and that depends on who you ask, was on the run. 80% of snaps. Yeah, we go fix all these pieces. We go go add everything. Does it work? Does it work right away? Especially Cleveland Browns. Hottest team in football this offseason. Crushed the draft. Kill free agency. Baker, Baker, Baker breakout year. All right, is Baker and Odell finally going to get along? How long until those new pieces can start and contribute? 
at the level they're expecting. Is this just a free agency frenzy where they saw success in Cleveland and they saw the salary cap and they know that there's a window of opportunity? Or is this a team that is much like the dream team of 2011 in Philadelphia? Same stuff. There's nothing new with the Aaron Rodgers situation. Aaron Rodgers is not reporting to camp. Aaron Rodgers is staying away. And Aaron Rodgers wants out. He doesn't want to be done playing football, but he does not want to play in Green Bay anymore. At least for the organization. It was kind of funny. A couple days ago, I was talking to a buddy, and he asked me, what do you think of firing Mark Murphy? And I asked him, how long does Aaron Rodgers have left? Honest answer, and I bring that up to you guys. How long does Aaron Rodgers have left? Because we've seen it happen. Tom Brady's 43 doing this. Tom Brady is crushing it at 43. But he's not an MVP quarterback anymore. He is very reliable. Reliant, my bad. On the supporting cast. It was his offense that Byron Leftwich was forced to learn. Instead of him learning Bruce Arians' offense... Great player. Can do it because of his body's in shape. Doesn't mean that he's an MVP quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, what he did last year, was unprecedented. Nobody has seen that type of success besides maybe two other names. And they're two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Both won MVPs after age 37. You don't see that in the NFL. So when people say, fire Mark Murphy, fire Brian Gutekunst, for what? For two more years? We're going to ignore the fact of everything else that they've done in Green Bay? You may not like this next part, but there is a little tug and pull between Aaron and the front office. Aaron does need a true number one wide receiver outside of Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams is deservingly going to get paid, whether it be by Green Bay this offseason or by another team, i.e. Las Vegas, because of Derek Carr connections in 2022. They need another guy. But when you look at the history of the sport and you look at some of the biggest names in the game right now, not all of them are first-round picks. A.J. Brown, one of the emerging stars in Tennessee, second-round pick. D.K. Metcalf, the freak of nature, who everyone said would have gone top five. Yeah, he went 64th. Seattle. Tyler Lockett. That's a great one. Remember Tyler Lockett? The Swish Army Knight, the guy who can play the slot better than anybody else? Yeah, he was a third-round pick. You look at the history of Green Bay drafting wide receivers and the guys that he connects with most. Devontae Adams, a second-round pick. Jordy Nelson, a second-round pick. Randall Cobb, a second-round pick. Robert Tunyon, undrafted. And we sit here and we go, we got to get him a first-round wide receiver. Why? They haven't done it. They haven't done it in a decade. They haven't done it in over a decade. Not to say that they didn't need to go address the wide receiver position, but who's to say that Amari Rodgers is not the guy? And by the way, I do think he is. I actually do. Because when you look at what he does in the slot... And that his father is T. Martin, a guy who is renowned at the collegiate and the NFL level for being able to transform wide receivers into clean, crisp route runners. Yeah, you need that in Green Bay. You got that in Green Bay. But Aaron didn't get it first round. He got a third. That's the argument we're talking about. That's like that's the argument. Not a wide receiver, not building around him. A top five offensive line says otherwise. In fact, if you really want to build around him, you want to build with that defense. That, that, that's just my opinion. And what you do with the first pick? Oh, you went and got Eric Stokes, a cornerback out of Georgia, which was one of the primary needs you probably should have gone after this offseason to pair with Jair Alexander. Ah, but it wasn't wide receiver. So automatically Aaron's pissed. At some point, there is going to be a breaking point. But right now is not it. Nothing has changed on the Aaron Rodgers story whatsoever. Aaron is not going to be in camp. Aaron is not going to play right now. And Aaron wants out, or he wants Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy out so he can have control. What's funny about that is, usually when people are so demanding of what they want, they're open about it. They're honest about it. 
every single time that I've ever left a job or every single time that I've ever moved off of something, I've always had my next thought process in that next place. When I was in college, I didn't enjoy my last two months. And it's sad and I look back on it and I'm kind of pissed about it, but I didn't enjoy my last two months because I was so focused on finding my next job to be able to become a national reporter. How was I going to get to that next level? And when doing so, I missed out on a lot of things right in front of me, but it didn't matter because I was so goal oriented. Aaron Rodgers understands the situation. I think honestly, people are trying to find something out of nothing. And I know that you don't like that answer because of people are always like, there's got to be something behind it. Maybe there isn't. You ever thought of that? There isn't. Aaron understands his situation. He is under contract. The team has no desire to trade him. And he has no desire to play. Why not just show up one day, get your money and go? And by the way, even if he doesn't play, he's still going to get paid. Maybe not in a lucrative amount. Maybe he he's going to take some fines. But he's going to get paid. To sit and stay away. And maybe that's a good thing for Green Bay too. Because at that point, Green Bay cannot have to worry about the distractions that come with the Aaron Rodgers fiasco of the offseason. Where is Aaron here for the right reasons? Is Aaron here because of there's something going on internally? Is Aaron here because of Matt LaFleur begged for him to come back? Meanwhile, Jordan Love, the guy who you drafted in the first round, who, by the way, let's get this out of the way real fast. Um, you can stop with the whole, oh, he's not good enough because we don't know anything kind of situation. Now he gets reps. And he's sitting over there listening to this conversation when he's trying to show he could be the future. Because at the same time, Aaron Rodgers is, and I quote, 37 years old. And maybe he, unlike Tom Brady, doesn't need the game as much. Maybe he's ready to retire quicker than 43 or 45 or however long Brady stays in the league. This may be a good thing for Green Bay because it's no longer a distraction towards the player who is trying to win the job and the player who is trying to prove a point. And that's the kicker. Say Jordan Love is lights out in preseason. Say he's good week one. They have a shot. New Orleans has quarterback problems. It's not like they're the only team out there that is so hung up on Aaron because of everyone else is so set at the quarterback position. And if Love is decent, I mean decent, if the defense picks it up, if the defense can be good, they get a win in New Orleans. After that, the schedule's actually kind of in their favor. Detroit, San Francisco with the banged up Jimmy Garoppolo. You have no idea what he is. Pittsburgh with a no offensive line. Cincinnati where you're trying to protect Joe Burrow. Quarterback issues against Chicago. The Washington football team, which is going to be played in Green Bay. First seven games of the year, you're likely sitting at 6-1. and one. At worst, you're 5-2. and two. If Jordan Love is decent. Now, Jordan Love is bad, it's all bets are off. Jordan Love's hurt, all bets are off. But it also shows another thing to Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy. Yeah, we need Aaron. We need Aaron more than he needs us right now. And it allows you to pull the plug on the Jordan Love experiment right then and there. You don't have to wait around for two years and go, oh yeah, we're, you know, we still think Jordan can be our guy. We still think that Jordan can be it. No, you know because there's games, there's film, there's actual proof that he's not it. Or better yet, there's proof he is it. And then that makes Aaron Rodgers expendable. But at the same time, I've said this before, Aaron Rodgers is cocky. Aaron Rodgers does things on Aaron Rodgers' terms. Anybody who knows that, anybody who knows Aaron knows that is the thing. He does things on his terms. He is the guy who decides how this goes down. All right, well, Jordan Love's playing great. I'm not going out in Green Bay like this. Now, now I'm showing up to camp. And then Matt LaFleur has a wonderful problem on his hands. Do I play Aaron and probably have a shot of winning another title? Going back to the NFC Championship? Or do I roll the hot hand right now with Jordan Love... And sell Aaron at the highest point. 
Because there's going to be teams around the trade deadline. The trade deadline is in week eight, so it would be right around that, um, what day is that? Like the 29th, I think it's like the third, I think it is like the 27th this year. 26th or 27th of October. Trade deadline's that week. Say he goes out and he beats the number one defense in the league. Jordan Love. All right, you're playing hot. You have a connection with the young receivers. You have a connection with Devontae Adams. The defense is playing well. Maybe we don't need Aaron. But Denver does. Maybe Las Vegas is playing good. But Marcus Mariota's, you know, Marcus Mariota is the guy who's starting a quarterback because Derek Carr had a season-ending injury. And everyone says Las Vegas would be a great spot. All right. What do you want? How much you want for him? What can we get? You want a safety? You want a you want a safety pick? You want another wide receiver? We got Henry Ruggs. Brian Edwards is playing great. A lot of ways you can build around this. Lots of ways you can have success. That week nine game against Kansas City will likely be either the first game where I'm 100% bought in that this is going to be exactly what Green Bay does for the remainder of the year or something changes really fast. But we're sitting here and we're crapping on Jordan Love because of we need a storyline. That's all we need is just a storyline. And at some point, it's not about the storyline. Here's the storyline right now. Aaron Rodgers is not going to camp, and it's a good thing for Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers is not going to camp, and it does raise questions for the Green Bay Packers organization. Aaron Rodgers is not going to camp, but at the end of the day, he never was. Nothing has changed since he came out and said, I would like to no longer be a part of the Green Bay Packers organization. Aaron's quiet. Aaron does things his own way. And more than any of that, when you watch his interviews right now, his nonchalant conversations, his overall demeanor of, oh yeah, we'll see who's playing week one. We'll see all that. He's accepted where he's at. I will not come back and play for Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy. Right now, I will not do that. But I'm not getting traded. I'm not leaving Green Bay. They're not going to let me. I am going to be in Green Bay. He knows it. He understands it. And he's accepted it. So maybe he does show up for camp if Jordan Love is balling out. And I mean balling out. Maybe he waits week one to see what Jordan does in the live game against a a team that everyone says is still going to make the postseason. Maybe you wait until week two to where Green Bay loses to a Detroit team that's projected to be picking number one overall, and it's Love's fault. Or maybe he watches a three-game skid where Love is the hottest quarterback in the NFL. Either way you look at it and any way you break it down, that's the storyline. It's Aaron versus himself. He has an opportunity to come back, play another season. He has an opt-out in his contract after the year. And he could be, and he could do it. And Green Bay could agree to it. Because at that point, they're like, oh yeah, we like Jordan. We believe in Jordan. It's time. Or he can wait it out and either be right or risk being wrong. But if he risks being wrong, I promise you, you can you can say, I heard it here first on the Matt Lombardo show when Cole was guest hosting. Yeah, he's wrong, and he ain't going to be wrong for long. Jordan starts playing great, there's going to be a change of quarterback because Aaron Rodgers is going to be back in the building. He is not going out on that, those terms. He is going out the way that he wants to go out. And that's a beautiful problem for Matt LaFleur and the front office to have. When we come back, Under Pressure. Anyone else remember that song by Queen? Well, who are the quarterbacks that are under pressure and how much pressure going into the 2021 season? You're listening right here on Matt Lombardo's show. We'll be breaking that down right after this. Jamie's Log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard. Day 27. 3.33 a.m. 3.33. All those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. 
on the Matt Lombardo Show. Cole Thompson filling in for Matt as he is on vacation. Remember, guys, he just turned 35. It is a wonderful day. Actually, I have no idea what 35 is like, uh, so I'm not even going to pretend that he's happy about it or not. Make sure you wish him a happy birthday at Matt Lombardo NFL on Twitter. Pressure. What is the term pressure? How do you define it? Because when I think of pressure, I don't think of somebody trying to cram for an exam because they know it will help them get a 90 instead of an 89. Pressure. You're on a deadline to finish a story, and maybe you are just trying to find that perfect ending. Sometimes you miss. Sometimes you can be a 99 in every single aspect, but you miss. But I don't consider that under pressure. I consider that you versus yourself internally. Pressure. I define it as last opportunity. And maybe not last opportunity, but failing to meet expectations as well. There's a few quarterbacks going into this year that are under that type of pressure going into the 2021 season. Whether it's their fault or not, they are under pressure. I will say this. There's about five teams right now I can really say that if you build around with the quarterback they have, they're still going to be bad. I can say there's about maybe nine quarterbacks right now to where I say, if you don't build around them, you're still going to be good. That's just the level of talent we have at the quarterback position going into this year. And you look at the guys who are recently joining, Trey Lance, Matt Jones, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Statistically, two of them are going to stink, two are going to be good, and one's going to be average. You can pick on who you think is what. I have my picks. You can have yours. But pressure comes in so many forms when we talk about it. But the two that I think are the biggest ones, first chance, last chance. This is your first chance to show that you are actually it. This is your last chance to show you are actually it. And there's a lot of ways we can do that. So let's just start it off. I'm going to go with flames. For anyone who's you know watching or listening, think of the emoji flames. One flame, no pressure. Five flames, you are scalding hot. Tua Tagovailoa comes in at number one on this list. I'm just going down by, by you know paper by paper. I give him a four. It's not because of him. Because last year, I don't think people truly understand what Tua Tungavailoa had to do to get here and how everyone gave up after one season. Keep in mind that he didn't almost have a career-ending injury to his hip. Let's not forget about that. Let's also not forget about that he was highly recruited coming out of high school and was before Trevor Lawrence was cool, before he was popular, and before Joe Burrow was the next it quarterback, Tua had that title. He had that. He also had, for a year... Miami sitting around and fans after trading for Josh Rosen say tank for Tua. You get that's a little bit of pressure. Oh, and by the way, if that doesn't help out, he had one of the worst offensive lines in football last year. He was constantly under pressure, and he also had the 31st ranked wide receiver court. Yeah, no problem. But yeah, that's on Tua. That's Tua's fault, right? Well, this year it is. They upgrade the offensive line. They added some new pieces. I like that they're moving Robert Hunt from right tackle inside. I like that they got Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame. He's going to be able to play right tackle, which is actually the left tackle for a left-hander. They also added him weapons. Devontae Parker now no longer has to be the number one. He can be a quality number two or even a number three because you have Will Fuller, who will miss game one. He will but he's got vertical speed, and when healthy, as shown last season in Houston, dangerous threat. Dangerous option, 12-plus yards downfield. And then you get him a reliable guy. You get him Jalen Waddle, guy he has a connection with, a rapport with. Somebody that he has worked with exclusively during his time at Alabama. And honestly, of all the wide receivers at Alabama... Who could say, oh, I had this connection with so-and-so and so-and-so before. 
Devonta Smith will always probably go with Mac Jones because he won a Heisman. Jalen Waddle became a superstar when he started working with Tua. When he and Tua started playing together for those two years, he was a superstar. The defense is great. You got the right coach. You got the right GM. Ownership loves you. You've had a full year to recover. You're having a preseason. You're having an offseason. There is no excuse for Tua this year. But there's also no excuse for anyone out there who's saying, oh, he had to be it last year, and because of that, he stinks. No, he didn't have an offseason. Get your facts straight. Number two, Josh Allen. I give him two I give him two flames. Josh Allen is going to get a contract extension. Josh Allen is going to be in Buffalo for a while, and they're going to give him as much time as possible to develop and show that he truly was more than a one-year wonder last year on his way to almost an MVP season. They built around him. They upgraded. They got rid of John Brown. They brought in Emmanuel Sanders. They still have a reliable slot option in Cole Beasley. It's a full offseason to work with Stephon Diggs as the number one receiver. They re-signed all their offensive line. They have a pretty solid defense. I like the moves that they did make. They were able to go add two pass rushers in a Basham and in Gregory Russo, both of whom are going to be rotational guys year one and are developmental players. So love that. Buffalo did it right. The pressure with Josh is not on the actual field. The pressure with Josh is, can he actually be more than just this one-year wonder, and can he be the true next opponent to Patrick Mahomes? You look around the league right now, Patrick Mahomes is in his own category. I don't put... Tom Brady as somebody who is a rival to him. Because Tom Brady is going to be out of the league in three years. I believe that. I don't think he's playing past 46. I'll be very shocked if he plays past 46. But do you remember those rivalries back then? When it was Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers and Eli Manning and Peyton Manning and Drew, uh, Drew Brees and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. And they played against each other because they were the best quarterbacks in the game. Yeah, Mahomes doesn't have that yet. He could with Josh Allen. But the only way is if he shows that last year was just the start of something promising going into this year. Uh, next up, Cam Newton. Yeah, I give him five. five. Five flames. He doesn't have the arm anymore. His legs only work for a certain amount of times. You got to wonder what's left in the tank. They drafted a quarterback in Mac Jones that fits what Josh McDaniels wants to run a lot better. Yeah, he's got five flames. Now, it may not be his fault because, again, they don't have a number one receiver. Like, when we talk about Green Bay being pissy about not having a receiver in the draft, think of New New England. Yeah, they're going to run a lot of 12-man personnel with Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. They still need a number one receiver. They don't have that. They have two really quality number threes, and they have a guy who nobody knows what he even is. So yeah, five flames, unfortunately, for Cam Newton. Next up, Lamar Jackson. I'd give him three. He's getting a contract. He's getting an extension. Eric DaCosta has made that clear. John Harbaugh has made that clear. His agent made that clear. He is staying as the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. There's not a question about that. The question is, what's the price? There's two quarterbacks right now where you can argue they have a price. So... Naturally, I'm just going to throw him in here because of that way it makes it easier. Baker Mayfield, three. Three flames for both. Baker is trying to prove that he is more than just a capable game manager and is a legitimate top 10 quarterback going into the season. Lamar is trying to prove that he can be a more well-rounded quarterback for this offense. Both these teams love to run the ball. And if you don't believe me, look at the stat sheet. Last two seasons... The two teams who have been the highest in rushing attempts. Baltimore, Cleveland. The team that had the most rushing yards, I believe, was Tennessee last year. Behind them, Baltimore, Cleveland. Rushing touchdowns. Baltimore, Cleveland. The difference is that it's a two-man running game in Cleveland with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And in Baltimore, it's J.K. Dobbins and it's Lamar Jackson. At some point, 
Lamar's legs are not going to be as quick as they once were. Now, that could be seven, eight years down the line. That could be two years down the line. Nobody knows. So he's got to show that he can improve as a passer. In my opinion, Baker has to show that he can be more than a game manager. So they each get three flames, but for different reasons. One, you're trying to show that you can actually play the quarterback position well into your 30s and not just as a mobile, fun, electric guy. The other one, I am actually the reason our offense is successful. Build around me. And in the end, I think they both get contract extensions, but it will be dependent on how they play this year, what the annual salary should be for both of them. Next up, Ben Roethlisberger. I give him one. Guy's done. I mean, nobody wants to hear this. Nobody wants to be this way. Cam Newton is almost done because it's the last shot to show that he can still be an MVP quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger's done because he's done. Like, he is done. He saw the success of 2020. He didn't want to quit yet. He's trying to show everyone, the organization, fans, he hasn't lost a beat. But he's 39. He's not in the best shape. Or is he? We'll talk about that in the next segment. He knows it. This is his last season. You just saw Drew Brees go. You just saw Phillip Rivers go. He's next. Eli's out of the league. There's few quarterbacks from the 2004 or higher that are still in the league. There's one besides Ben. And his name is Tom Brady. He's not going away anytime soon. That's one. He has one flame. The organization has five flames to find his next replacement. But he, as, as the quarterback going in this year, one. Not even a question. Going over the AFC South, Trevor Lawrence. I give him two. Because there is an expectation that Trevor can fix this organization overnight. There's an expectation that he is the guy. And everyone in, in Duval County is saying, you look at him and you watch him in camp and you watch what he's able to do. I talked to a scout not too long ago. They told me straight up, his demeanor and mannerisms are so advanced that you'd never be able to tell he was a rookie. Right? Now again, is James Robinson going to have a big year? How are they going to use Travis Etienne? What's the wide receiver core look like? Is the offensive line going to be stabilized? There's a lot that goes into that. But at the same time, you are a generational talent, apparently. You are the can't-miss product that everyone has been talking about. That comes with some pressure. It may not be his fault if the team struggles. He actually may be great. But there is some pressure to live up to that generational talent in year one. Which is why he's not a one, he's a two flames on my pressure rankings. I'm going to throw Ryan Tannehill on this list. I'm going to put him out of three. I think Ryan Tannehill and everything that he has done in Tennessee is phenomenal. Like, let's get this out of the way. Ryan Tannehill, top 10 quarterback in the NFL going into this year. As of right now. Yes, he is. You don't believe me? Stop it. He is a top 10 quarterback. But was he a top 10 quarterback for the last two years because of Arthur Smith or himself? Was it a system or was it the player? That's a big deal. And that's something that a lot of people are going to wonder this year. You have Todd Downing as your new OC. You go at Julio Jones. You have another year with A.J. Brown. Josh Reynolds joins the team, a guy that I am very high on. You still have the number one rushing attack. Pretty good offensive line. You upgraded with Dylan Radunz at right tackle. Defense is hopefully going to get better. There's some pressure. There's some pressure to be a really good team this year. And it all relies on Tannehill. So I give him a three. You go to the West. There really isn't anybody under pressure besides, I would say, Drew Locke. And he's out of five. And he may not even start. Teddy Bridgewater may start for him. So I'm not going to throw him in there. NFC East, let's go ahead down that list. Dak Prescott, two. Guy's been paid. Guy has the best receiving core in the NFL as a trio. And I mean, honestly, he does. Michael Gallup is a low-end number one on any other team. He's a high-end number two for the Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb is a high-end number two on most teams. He's the best number three in the game. Amari Cooper is a low-end number one, but you add what you have with CeeDee Lamb and what you have with Gallup. Doesn't really matter. You have two, for sure, top 25 receivers. You have three top 35 receivers in the game right now. And honestly, you can make an argument that they have three top 25 receivers. The offensive line is back. 
they're fully healthy. You get the defense. I think Dan Quinn and what his system is is going to work for guys like Micah Parsons, like Leighton Vander Esch, like Demonte Kaziz, like Trevon Diggs, like Kelvin Joseph. So it's going to work out. It's not going to be great, but it's going to work. There's less pressure in Dallas. Ryan Fitzpatrick, one. Okay, one and a half. I'll go one and a half with him. We know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Journeyman quarterback, really interesting, really fun to watch. All he's got to do is be a game manager. Be a game manager, and as long as Jack Del Rio doesn't screw up that defense, which he's not going to, you're going to win a lot of games early. Like, you're going to be in a really good set before you have to actually face off against five straight NFC East opponents. And at that point, split it. And you likely win the division. So yeah, one and a half. That defense is going to bail him out. Be a game manager. Do what you did. Limit the turnovers, though, from Miami. That's how much pressure you're under. Daniel Jones, five. Five, five, five. I can only go, like, I'll stay five, five, five. This is the most pressured quarterback in the NFL this year. Anybody who is against this needs to stop. He's a turnover machine. He is inconsistent in his play. But when he is hot, he actually is a decent quarterback. His mechanics are good. His footwork is good. His overall vision is good. He understands how to command a locker room. He's not just this tall, lanky guy who's like, oh, you know, I'm here to play quarterback. No, he actually is good. But he's so inconsistent. And the turnovers have got to be diminished. 26 fumbles in two years. Like, like that, like you don't, you don't hear that. But there also isn't an excuse anymore. You can't blame the wide receivers. They went and got you a big guy in Kenny Galladay. You can't blame the speed. They got you a small guy in Kadarius Toney. You still have, by the way, a good vertical option in Darius Slayton, a strong slot option in Sterling Shepard. You have a lot to like. You also got a true tight end, not a flex, but a true tight end in Kyle Rudolph, a flex in Evan Ingram, and the offensive line, I think, could be stabilized. Again, I give every rookie the benefit of the doubt for not having a training camp last year. Andrew Thomas could actually be a really good left tackle. And you know who else could be a really good right tackle? Matt Pert out of UConn. So there's not an excuse. That defense is going to be top 10 again. That defensive backfield is going to be top 10 easily, if not top 5. They're a good team. They upgraded in every area they needed to this offseason. And they got an extra first round pick to remind Daniel Jones, that's your replacement. We will either package these together to move up and go get a Sam Howell or a Spencer Rattler, or we'll stand pat, we'll get a Malik Willis, and we'll have an open competition as you're going into year four. He is the most pressured quarterback in the NFL this year. Absolutely hands down. Jalen Hurts, I give him a three and a half. All right, three and a half. Nick Sirianni will either love him right away or he'll hate him right away. And then at that point, they just get a tank. They're going to go land a guy next year, like a Spencer Rattler, like a Sam Howell, and they'll be fine. And they'll build around Sirianni and what he's looking for in his offense with this guy. Whether or not it's Jalen Hurts' fault, Jalen Hurts should never have been drafted in the second round. He should have been more of a late third, early fourth round pick. He should have been a guy who came with less pressure. But at the same time, you got to give him a shot. You at least have to give him the opportunity. Because that's what this is all about. It's just giving him the opportunity. Last year he started three, four games. Nobody believed in him. Because at this point they were like, oh, well, you know what? It's just the yips for Carson Wentz. Well, there's no Carson Wentz bail on anymore. They did upgrade. They got him Devonta Smith. They did add a guy who knows how to work with wide receivers as a head coach in Sirianni. That means I expect a big year from Travis Fulgham, big year from Jalen Rager. There's an opportunity for Philadelphia to maybe not be a great team. In fact, no, there's definitely they're not going to be a great team. But they could at least be a stable team and show promise to where they don't need to go waste a draft pick on a quarterback. But at the same time, Sirianni, new head coach, he's going to decide right then and there, I like you or I don't. And if he doesn't like you, it's over. It's done. 
We don't need to worry about this anymore. We don't need to play this game. So I'm not going to worry about that. Jordan Love, uh, I'm going to go three stars, three and a half maybe. It's all based off Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers shows up. He's in camp. Yeah, there's going to be some pressure on you because of now he still wants out. Aaron Rodgers isn't there. There still is going to be pressure on you to replace two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time who, by the way, replaced each other. Brett Favre comes in in 1992. Aaron Rodgers comes in in 2005. By 2008, he's a starting quarterback. He kicks him out. 2021, Jordan Love. I mean, 2020, Jordan Love comes here. 2021, Jordan Love kicks him out. There's some pressure, but they still have a good offensive line. They still have a decent defense. I like that they got rid of Mike Pettin as the defense coordinator. They still have pieces that are very good to make a deep run at a postseason. Yeah, so I would say right now, they, like, like the floor, the ceiling with Jordan Love is 11 wins. The floor still is about seven. He can win seven games. And if he can't win seven games, then there you go. That's all you got now. Uh, I'm not going to say that there's any pressure on Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton knows at this point he's a bridge. Justin Fields at this point knows I'm not starting week one. I just got to show that I am at least progressing enough to be the future. Jared Goff, I really don't think there's any pressure. It's that simple. He doesn't have any wide receivers. He has a good offensive line. They have a good run game. Maybe. If, if, if Jamal Williams can be the running back he was in Green Bay and DeAndre Swift can be that guy that we saw last year, yeah, they have a maybe good offensive line. I mean, a maybe good run game. Defense is still going to be bad. Wide receiver, there's nobody. Amon Ross St. Brown, the fourth round pick, is likely their best wide receiver going into the season. I don't worry about that with Jared Goff. Jared Goff knows at this point. I can at least show potential to where I am going to not, you're not going to need to draft my replacement. You can go fix that defense. But if he doesn't, he knows it. It's over. That's fine. Kirk Cousins, maybe a two. You're not going to replace him with Kellen Mond this year. It'll be the next year where you're saying, all right, now it's a real quarterback battle. You still have Justin Jefferson. You still have Adam Thielen. The offensive line should be better with Christian Derrissaw and Wyatt Davis. Defense, I really like the moves that they made. Every single one was to benefit their team. Guys like Xavier Woods, guys like Dalvin Tomlinson, guys like Sheldon Richardson coming back, guys like um, uh, like Mackenzie Alexander, somebody who knows Mike Zimmer's system in the nickel. Every move you made was to benefit your team. And I do believe the moves that you did make are good enough to set you over the edge. So yeah, I, I two and a half. Next year, he'll be a five. Going on south, uh, Kyler Murray, maybe a two. Like, yeah, he's a good quarterback. We know that he's a good quarterback. But at some point, are we going to admit that maybe some of his game and some of the flaws in Arizona are on him and not just on Cliff Kingsbury? That's my thought process. I do think, though, Cliff Kingsbury is the hottest coach on the hot seat right now. They have a team where I think that they can win, but they are in the toughest division. And if Cliff Kingsbury is holding back Kyler from reaching his full potential, that could be a part of it. But say he has another year where he has uh, double-digit interceptions. He's not really moving the ball downfield. They add a lot of weapons. They added A.J. Green. They added uh, Rondell Moore. They still have Christian Kirk. They still have DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, they're probably going to finish fourth, but they're in a tough division. You can be fourth and have nine wins. And you could still throw for 4,000 passing yards. So I say a two for him. Jimmy Garoppolo, it's a four, but it's not a four with San Francisco. It's a four... For the NFL. Garoppolo still can be a serviceable quarterback. You look at his numbers when he's healthy. He actually does know how to be a really good game manager. So a team like Washington. Who might be too good to draft a guy. Like a Carson Strong. Or like a Malik Willis. Or like a Sam Howell. And they don't believe in a guy like a Grayson McCall. Or they don't believe in a guy like a Desmond Ritter. They would love to get a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Because they do have the pieces to be successful. And Jimmy, a guy who's a good completion guy, a guy who does a great job of keeping drives alive and relies on being the game manager, highest paid in the sport, would be a really good fit for Washington. And honestly, if Fitzpatrick struggles and the team still is winning games and they want to move forward with Trey Lance, I could see that trade getting done at the deadline. I absolutely could. I don't think it will, but I could. This year for Jimmy 
is not a year to show San Francisco I'm the guy. They got their guy. They got him. It's it's Trey Lance. You don't waste a number three pick for three years because of Jimmy Garoppolo. But what he is showing to all other teams is that I am a good enough quarterback. I can play this sport extremely well. And you want me on your staff. So four, because if not, he's a backup. He's a backup for the rest of his career wherever he goes or he's a bridge guy that's helping out the veterans. Matthew Stafford, four. And here's why it's a four. Because they traded two first-round picks. They got rid of a guy who had 41 wins on that roster with that coach. For you. There is pressure. You maybe don't have to win the Super Bowl this year. But you have to show that you are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. This is a good roster. Overall, top to bottom. Brandon Staley, he left. You go get Raheem Morris, who is a really good coordinator as well. You didn't really lose that much. Yeah, you're replacing John Johnson. You're replacing Troy Hill. You already had guys on the roster to play those spots, like a Jordan Fuller out of UCLA in the sixth-round pick. You still bring back Darius Williams. You still have Jalen Ramsey. You still have a top, I would say at least top three defense going into the year, maybe top five at the worst. You're in a good spot. Offensively, the line is decent, not terrible. Definitely, I would definitely say it's at that same level of what Detroit's was, but you got better weapons. Cooper Cup's a great slot receiver. Probably Robert Woods is the most underrated receiver in the game. Van Jefferson has had a year to learn the system. You added Deshaun Jackson as a vertical threat. No excuse. Like, you have to show you are a playoff contending team. That's all you got to do if you are if you are Matthew Stafford. Yeah, Russell Wilson has zero pressure going into the year. Matt Ryan has zero pressure, in my opinion, if we're going to the NFC South. Like, none. We know what he is, and if you ever look at the statistics with him, he always does better in year two with the new offensive scheme than in year one. They still have a good enough roster where I think they can win seven games, but they're not a playoff team. I still think that he can lead the NFL in passing yards. Still think he could be probably one of the highest graded out players this year. No pressure for him. Tom Brady, no pressure. It's Tom Brady. He just won a Super Bowl at 43. End of the discussion. Sam Darnold, he comes in with about a three. And I go with a three instead of a four because of they do have that fifth-year option. And say they are good enough, like eight wins. Do you still want to go ahead and draft a quarterback at, say, pick 16 when maybe you need a cornerback like an Ahmad Gardner or you need a safety or you need another linebacker and this class has that talent? Or, you know, he's not great or the or the team is bad, but he's great. Okay, you know what you got. You have a quarterback that you can build around for another year. You don't need to waste a draft pick. Or, you know, at the same time, he's really bad. He's not the guy. And then you don't have to waste much time. Go get Sam Howell. Go get Malik Willis. Go get Carson Strong. Go get Jimmy Garoppolo if you even want. You don't have a lot of time, but you do have enough time to realize if he has a good year, you can either build off of it or you can get rid of it. Or he has a terrible year and you can move off right away. So I would give him, yeah, three. And then you have Jameis Winston. We'll close out with that. Uh, I would say about a three and a half, maybe four. Anybody out there who's like, oh, it's going to be Taysom Hill as the quarterback. Stop. 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 Go. Go to a, go to a priest. Go to a, go to a synagogue. Go wherever you need to go. Go pray for your soul. It's not Taysom Hill. It is absolutely going to be Jameis Winston. Let's get that straight. It's Jameis Winston. It's Jameis Winston. It's Jameis Winston. But the Saints are not trying to go down. They're trying to stay ahead. And they believe right now they could be at least the second best team in the NFC South. And a playoff team in the NFC South. You go bring him back. You go ahead and you get another year under Pete Carmichael. You get another year under Sean Payton. Coaching is great. Management is great. You saw just enough that he could get the turnovers, limit them, and you saw a cleaner deep pass in the one game against Tampa Bay's secondary in the divisional round that he can be stable. But stable only gets you so far in the game. And now you're going in to year seven of your career. You've been a starter. You've been a pretty you've been up and down for most of it. Can you finally be up and stay up? So yeah, I would say that. When we come back right here on the Matt Lombardo Show, five rookies that are underrated and a quick insight on Ben Roethlisberger's health going into the season. Is it enough to keep Pittsburgh in the conversation? We'll be discussing that and much, much more on the other side of the break right here on Facebook. 
Insider, the Matt Lombardo Show, part of the Stacking the Box podcast. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Closing out the show today on the Matt Lombardo Show. Cole Thompson filling in for Matt Lombardo. Again, guy turned 35 yesterday. Let's give him a round of applause. Make sure you're following him on social media. Wish him a happy birthday at Matt Lombardo NFL. So I saw this story earlier this week that Ben Roethlisberger is committed to his health. He's losing weight. He's cutting down. He's in the best shape of his life going into the season. He looks great. He has trimmed some fat. He is trying to show everyone that he has it. He has been focusing on his health and fitness. All right. Cool story, I guess. But let's also get this out of the way. Where was this at 36? Where is this at 37? And also, when you think about it, what exactly is so much better? Have you lost 40 pounds to where you can move faster? Is the elbow, that was a problem a year ago, not a problem anymore? What does best shape of your life mean? I get it. You're on a strict diet. I get it. You're you're on a regiment to help you play longer. But at this point, I honestly wonder, does Ben regret coming back? Does he? Because you think about this for a second, they're replacing the entire offensive line. They got one starter coming back, and it was the weakest one in Chuma Okafor. Yeah, they have a bunch of weapons, but you remember the joke on Penny Sewell going to uh, Cincinnati and Joe Burrow passing the ball to Jamar Chase with no offensive line, the ball dropped right in front of him, passing the ball to any other receiver with Penny Sewell who goes downfield for six. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, Chase Claypool's great. Deontay Johnson, if he lowers his drops, is a really talented number one receiver. And right now, he's probably a really good number two. Juju Smith-Schuster's coming back, and he's a pretty good slot slot target. And honestly, if you take away the TikTok stuff, he's a really good receiver overall. Just that social media is a big part of his brand. Oh, and then you also have James Washington, who's a really, really sound number three. And the constant that everyone kind of forgets about. Yeah, he's pretty good as well. So you have good receivers. You went and you added Najee Harris. You went and you added Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State. You did a lot of things that were really good to fix Ben Roethlisberger's game. But if there's no offensive line, you have nothing. And in Pittsburgh right now, there is no offensive line. There really isn't. The guy who they're going to probably start at center is either B.J. Finney, who is a below-average center at best, at best, or Kendrick Green, a rookie out of Illinois. You added Trey Turner. He has struggled since 2016. He has struggled as a pass protector. He didn't do anything in Carolina the last year that he was there. He was garbage, garbage last year. For Los Angeles, that's your best guy. You don't have a lot of pieces going into this year. And when you look at the offensive line and how poorly Ben Roethlisberger played last year, him being healthy is the last thing I'm concerned about. Him cutting down on the sweets, drinking two beers instead of, you know, drinking two beers instead of 20 every night. Cutting back on calories so he can be able to see over his gut. Yeah, those are all great things and I wish the best for him. Because I do think that overall, the last thing you want to do is gain a ton of weight when you stop playing because you can eat whatever you want now. You don't have to be on a regiment. But you should have done that last year then. When the team was 11-0, they had a stable offensive line. Yeah, they never run game, but they had a good offensive line, which led to good passing numbers from you. And you struggled in your career as a passer. 
like immensely struggled in your career as a passer. Through 6.3 yards. That's it. Career low. I get the elbow surgery. I understand all that. But going into this year, does he believe that Pittsburgh is actually a playoff contender? More than that, does he actually believe playoff is a Super Bowl contender? Does he believe Pittsburgh can be that? I don't think so. Their defense is good. Defense is very good. They're getting healthier by getting guys like Devin Bush back. But even though you added a running back in Najee Harris, who honestly is going to be very talented, probably the biggest name to watch for outside of, I would say, maybe Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Pitts offensively. When you break that down, yeah, that was needed a year ago. This year, the offensive line is the biggest need. And if you can't fix that offensive line, which you won't be able to this year, does Ben have it? Does he? He has the weapons. He has the defense. He doesn't have the protection. And that's the biggest thing. If you don't have the protection, you're not setting yourself up for a successful year. And more than anything, you are setting yourself up for probably more lingering injuries down the line. I'm happy that Ben Roethlisberger is taking his health seriously. I think that's great for him. But it's too late. If you think that right now Pittsburgh is a playoff contender, you're sadly mistaken. And it's honestly not Ben Roethlisberger that I'm thinking about. It's the offensive line. And a little bit of Ben Roethlisberger. Ben can be as healthy as he wants, but that offensive line is going to make him sicker than anything else. He's going to be sick to watch because if he's going to get hit a lot this year. I think that's going to be a reason why Pittsburgh struggles. I said before we go, I'd be talking about the five under-the-radar picks for the 2021 class. Five rookies that you should know going into this year that are going to have breakout campaigns, but maybe aren't first or second round options. So who are they? Let's start off with number five. For me, Michael Carter in New York. When you look at what Mike LaFleur and Robert Sala are coming from in San Francisco, they love to run the ball and they love having a running back for each type of run. They don't have a three down guy. They have a guy who does really good on options, they have guys who do really good on counters and zones in um, inside the trenches, A and B gap. And I think of that guy for them is going to be Tevin Coleman. They also have a change of pace runner who in, sorry about that, in San Francisco was Raheem Mostert for most of their breakout 2019 season. Now, I think that's where Carter comes in. He's a good runner. He was a great number two behind Javonta Williams during his time at UNC. He also was a really good pass catcher out of the backfield, good vision, and can block. That's really beneficial to helping Zach Wilson's progression in year one because the offensive line still has some issues. I think really that center position and that guard spot, wherever Elijah Vera Tucker plays, so probably that right guard, there's going to be some pressure right there. Having a guy like Carter who can block up the middle and give Wilson extra time to connect with Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Elijah Moore, those guys down the field is so beneficial that he is going to be so underappreciated in that locker room. But I do think that he is going to have a big time year this year for the Jets. Number four, Nico Collins for the Houston Texans. I think a lot of people forget about this. Houston, yeah, they have a lot of issues. They don't have Deshaun Watson. They don't really know what the quarterback position is. But they also lost both of their number one and number two wide receivers in the last two years with, of course, the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And after that, the Will Fuller signing in Miami. I look at what Collins can do. He's a big-bodied receiver. He uses his frame to his advantage. He's very good in the red zone. He's got good hands. He actually is pretty decent after the catch. I like him as a more downfield option, kind of a possessional target target receiver. It would not shock me to see him leading the team in receptions. Maybe not receiving yards. I think that's dedicated to Brandon Cooks this year. Whatever they do, Tyrod Taylor, Davis Mills, either way. Yeah, I would say that you will see most catches go to Collins because of his big body frame will allow him to win in man coverage. It will allow him to beat most cornerbacks and you can't just play a five foot 11 guy on him. He's six foot four. Some say six foot five. Definitely a name to watch for, especially on a roster that does not have any of the pieces. Number three. Stay in the wide receiver position, Amon Ra St. Brown. I kind of brought it up in the under pressure category. He's the only receiver that they got. 
He's the best receiver on the team right now. And honestly, he was a steal in round four. I really liked what Detroit did because if Brad Holmes made sure they addressed every single need and they were going to be a physical team, this is a physical receiver. You can play him in the slot. You can play him on the perimeter. Good speed, good route running skills. His hands got to get a little bit better, but he definitely can be like a Kenny Galladay type resurgence in Detroit. Galladay was not a first round pick. Galladay was a fourth, uh, third round pick. And a, I think it was a compensation third round pick, if I'm not mistaken. So he was a low third round pick coming out of Northern Illinois. He just became a star because of the offense ran there. I think in what you're seeing in Anthony Lynn and what he wants to run, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be up for a really big year. Number two, Andre Sisco. For anyone who doesn't know, he's a safety out of Syracuse. He got drafted in the third round by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think when you look at what he can do, primarily in coverage, he is a really talented player. And he kind of slipped down boards because he was never able to be a full-time contributor. You look at his numbers at Syracuse, he was very inconsistent both years that he was a starter. But that range... I mean, honestly, that range that he possesses during his time at Syracuse was impressive. 14 pass deflections, five interceptions, big ball hawk. Freshman year had seven interceptions. Guy's a great player. And you need that guy over the top. It was well reported, and I can confirm this, that Marcus Williams of the New Orleans Saints was a top priority for Jacksonville this offseason. They want to get a rangy center fielder. He got the franchise tag. He's staying in New Orleans. They now have a guy in Cisco who could be a really good blossoming player who you're paying a fraction of the price and fits exactly what Williams does. Center fielder, kind of a rangy ball hawk. It's going to make plays in the secondary. Don't worry about him at the line of scrimmage. Allow him to be the effective overall cover guy and your last resort in, on defense. And number one, the top player that you need to know this year You can't see because I'm making that same smirk. It's Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon out of Ohio State went to the best spot for him overall. He went to San Francisco in an offense that knows how to utilize their running backs. Yeah, they have Raheem Mostert. Yeah, they have Jeff Wilson. They have some other players on the roster. All that's great. When you look at what a guy of Sermon's potential can be. Strong, but sturdy. Great vision. Good home run speed in the open field. Isn't afraid to turn on the Jets at the line of scrimmage to bulldoze people. He's a really, really talented running back. That doesn't mean that he has to take away snaps from Mostert or Wilson. Keep in mind, this is a team that loves to run the ball. And they always have. Kyle Shanahan's offense is built on rushing. That's why you've seen guys like Devonta Freeman at the, during his time in Atlanta have a breakout year. That's why you saw Raheem Mostert have a great year in 2019. You remember that because they love to run the ball. He's a bigger version of Mostert, and he's a more physical version of Wilson. You can still play those guys. And that's not saying that, you know, Sermon has to get 20 carries a game. But it's what he does with his carries. I could see him averaging maybe 9 carries a game averaging 70 yards a game, a touchdown, and probably like 6.2 yards per play. Because he can bulldoze people, he has great vision, good cutback speed, and I think that going to an offense that loves to utilize players based off their skills is so beneficial for someone like Trey Sermon. Definitely the rookie name you need to know, especially if you are into fantasy football and are trying to get your steel gem player. That'll do it right here on the Matt Lombardo Show, guys. Thank you so much for joining me these last two weeks. Let me host in. Matt will be back next week to break down all things NFL as we inch closer and closer towards the start of training camp. But last but not least, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. Make sure you give Matt a shout out at Matt Lombardo NFL. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasting systems. If you like what you hear, if you hate me, leave me a review saying I stink. I don't really care. Review us on Apple iTunes. Let us know what we can improve on and what you want to hear moving forward. Matt's back next week. I'm back in the producer's chair. We got a great show next week with special guest Mike Tannenbaum joining us. Thank you all for listening to the Matt Lombardo Show. We'll see you next week right here on Fansided Stacking the Box Podcast Network.
Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.